This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians for estheticians and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to the treatment room. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the treatment room with Tess and Lauren. This is Lauren. I'm here with Tess. Hey, everybody. Hey, so today we're going to talk a little bit about job opportunities and kind of where you can go with an aesthetics license and what you can do. I touched on this a little bit more on like a, a business perspective um, a couple episodes ago, but we wanted to dive a little deeper and kind of explore all the areas, whether it be treatments or makeup or whatever it might be, you know, business side um, we wanted to talk a little bit about that and just kind of go over what the options are because there's a lot more, I think, than I would have expected. So do you want to get started with the first one, Tess? Yes, I will. And I think this is good because I feel like when people hear the word esthetician, we tend to think of the classic like in a in a day spa environment, but there's so many different routes you can take and Lauren has taken a different route outside of the traditional in-spa esthetician. So we just wanted to address a few and maybe some of these will kind of hit home with you guys. So I actually have my textbook from my SD school days. By the way, it's the Milady Standard textbook. Love her. But I will just read a, a brief synopsis of each thing and that way you guys get like the technical definitions and then we will kind of branch off of that. So Flip into the first page, traditional salon or day spa esthetician is the first option. And this is exactly kind of what you would probably think of when you're thinking of an esthetician. These are skincare specialists and consultants. They perform facials and facial massage, waxing and body treatments, applied both manually and with the aid of machines. They may also offer makeup, and to be successful and build their clientele, estheticians must keep records of the services they provide and the products they use. This is very important. We've talked about how important your notes are, but they must always behave pleasantly toward clients, and they must become skillful at selling products. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, I think this is just, this is what you think of when you think of an esthetician. You know what I mean? You think about just being in a spa, whether it be a salon or a day spa, just doing facials. Um, and this actually might even be more of an old school version of what an esthetician is thought I'm of. Sure. I kind of think of estheticians in you know a traditional role now being more, I don't want to say medical, but more advanced, I think, than what they used to be. I think so. And 
I feel like with social media and just having so much at our fingertips, there's so many routes you can take this and still have this role. Like myself, you can be an educator, you could be a blogger, you could be a writer. Um, and I tend to do a little bit of all of those things alongside my role. So don't let it, any of these defi- these definitions put you in a box, but this is kind of just the traditional one we wanted to talk about and kind of highlight that maybe if you try that out for a year or so, you Lauren talked about this in her solo episode, but just the fact that you don't have to have any shame if you feel like you don't fit that bill anymore because there's so many other routes you can take the career and your license. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're all we're all ever evolving just as people. So I think to to put yourself in that box and think this is what I'll do forever. I honestly think, you know, and maybe it is, but I maybe that is what you'll do forever, but I also think it's kind of limiting in a way and you should always be open to change and to growth and cuz you're evolving as a person. So hopefully your career and your job is evolving with you. Yeah. And that's all good. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one is medical esthetician. I know this is really exciting to a lot of potential and future Estes who get excited about lasers and needles and all of that. So I will dive into this one and I'll just mention briefly all of the laws based upon being a medical esthetician and some of these other careers may change based upon the state you are living in, but I'll just read kind of the basic definition. So Medical aesthetics, also known as medical aesthetics with an E, involves the integration of surgical procedures and aesthetic treatments. So in this setting, the physician concentrates on surgical work while the esthetician assists in aesthetic treatment. So this could be kind of prepping for a surgery or post-surgery care. And career opportunities are available in many different medical settings where estheticians perform services ranging from pre- and post-op patients to managing a skincare department in a medical spa. These tasks may involve patient education, marketing, buying and selling products, camouflage makeup, and with a, with a physician's supervision, performing advanced treatments, including laser and light th- therapies, depending on state licensing rules. In addition, an experienced esthetician may manage the cosmetic surgery office or act as a patient care coordinator. Some estheticians are also licensed practical nurses and registered nurses or medical assistants. The settings for this work may include outpatient clinics, dermatology clinics, medical spas, which is the environment I work in at Dermaplus, laser clinics, or research and teaching hospitals. So I didn't necessarily know I wanted to go into this route as a medical esthetician, but it's really unique at Dermaplus because I I have pretty much the traditional role as an esthetician as far as doing, you know, regular facials, using some modalities for hydrofacials or microdermabrasion or microcurrent, but also having a medical side, we are able to kind of see clients go from the process of like a total transformation once they add in different types of laser treatments or Botox, whatever it may be. So I kind of appreciate like seeing 
both worlds. And I know it's really attractive to a lot of people. So that's yeah, a cool that one was, to highlight. That was my favorite part. And like what got me just so excited about, about my work when I was in the treatment room was having people that would come to me regularly, being able to see the change in their skin. And though I wasn't using, um, you know, modalities that are quite so advanced as they are now, that is what got me like all fired up about it was, was being able to see a change and actually work on somebody's skin. Um, when it came to, you know, facials where people just wanted to come and relax and there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I got the most fulfillment in that mix between, you know, making somebody feel great about themselves, but then also really seeing change in their skin. So I think that the, the medical world in, in aesthetics is amazing. And also one thing to note is that, um, I don't know, you know, all the different state rules and all that stuff just, you know, for each individual state, but a lot of um, places will require an esthetician to have uh, a nursing license as well if they're going to be doing procedures in a doctor's office. Yes. And even if maybe you just like that environment of like being in a doctor's office or having that more clinical side, I know I've had friends from esthetician school who are now working with dermatologists and they kind of play the role of bringing patients into the office, getting the skin kind of prepped and clean, talking to them about any concerns, and then kind of shadowing and overseeing what the dermatologist does. So there's so many different cool procedures and treatments you can do within that realm. So that's an opportunity if you want to kind of take it to a more um, medical level. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the next one we'll get into is makeup artistry and camouflage therapy. So Lauren and I were just kind of discussing how the laws go and whether or not um, there are any makeup artists listening who might have an aesthetics license as well, but we're pretty sure in most states it's not required for anyone. And you think of things like YouTube and James Charles or Nikki Tutorials, these people aren't licensed estheticians, but they are trained in makeup artistry, whether they were self-taught or they've taken um, classes and courses. But while in school, we did learn like a brief overview of how to apply makeup and lashes and that kind of thing. How about you, Lauren? Yeah, we we did the same. So we had um, training on application, but then also about like different formulas of foundations. So we did have training. Yeah. So we had a little bit of training on like um, water-based versus oil-based and then also on like color correction and that type of thing. It was not comprehensive by any means. I mean, it was really basic, Uh, but it's funny because I always forget about that part of that part of school because I think I love makeup. Like I think it's so fun, but I don't think it's something I would do professionally. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely, I think in most, at least in California, I think it's still, um, a part of your training. Yeah. And I don't think it would hurt at all if you really were serious about makeup artistry. I think having an understanding of the skin functions and that ingredient knowledge, I feel like Mm -hmm is really helpful. So of course it couldn't hurt, but there's so many opportunities within this realm, whether you wanted to be more like working with post-op 
clients or maybe working in entertainment, working on movie sets. Okay, but I will just get into the little description. So they talk about makeup artists in salons, spas, and department stores, as well as those who work in fashion photography. Say you really are fascinated by fashion, you want to work with models. So magazine and advertising agencies often... <laughs> this is so old-fashioned, but it says often require ultra-fashionable hairstylists and makeup to call attention to products or clothing. The makeup artist may also be a photographer's assistant, helping with set design or assisting with bridal photographs. Mm-hmm. That's a whole world in itself, like if you wanted to work with brides. Okay, another exciting avenue for makeup artistry can be found in television, theater, movies, and fashion shows. And then it talks about camouflage therapy. Um, So clients require this service for various reasons as a temporary measure while recovering from surgery, such as a facelift to disguise an effect or to hide scars and other effects of an accident. So I'm sure that would be very rewarding working with um, people who want that kind of makeup and they need your skills okay another option this is a little morbid but um mortuary science many people believe that viewing the deceased has a comforting psychological effect on the bereaved family and friends yeah Yeah, i mean that takes a certain type of person but it's i could not do that i could not but somebody's got to do it right yep yep yeah okay so those are different areas you could go within makeup Mm -hmm. all right we'll get into a little bit more like corporate options and lauren i'm Mm -hmm. interested to hear like some of your thoughts on this and where you would like classify yourself so the next career path is a manufacturer's representative so maybe like somebody from maybe you work for hydrofacial and you go around to different spas training people, for example. So manufacturers' representatives are responsible for training estheticians and other staff members on product knowledge, the proper use of products, and where they fit into treatment sequences, and how to retail and merchandise. Reps call on spas, salons, drugstores, department stores, and specialty businesses to help build clientele and increase product sales. For this position, you must have a professional appearance, an outgoing personality, and sales ability. You can expect to travel a great deal, and you will often exhibit products at trade shows and conventions. So, Lauren, literally you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. How do you, like, what can you say about making the transition from esthetician in a spa to that kind of career? Are there, what would you say are, like, the pros and cons for you? So I think, I think when it comes to the pros and cons, it's super individual. Um, but you really have to, I think, uh, you know, understand how, what you're getting into basically, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So, because when you're, when you're in the treatment room, there is a small aspect of sales where you want to send your clients home with, with products so they can maintain their results and and Mm -hmm. keep working on their skin. However, when you move over into the corporate side, like, yes, you still are in the skincare industry. However, your, your focus kind of takes a 180. And so you become more focused on business sales and, you know, growth of the company. 
um, and a little less about the the actual mm-hmm. skincare mm-hmm. function, if that makes any sense. So, mm-hmm. and, but that also does differ because I currently work for a device company, and I know it's I've I've worked for skincare um, like products a brand right. before. So there is a difference there as well. So I think that when it comes to to wanting to make that change and and when you're looking into it, look into, I, I think you should be choosy. And I think you should look into what brand you're looking at applying for. Yes. And you have to align, at least personally, I have to be able to align with the product that I'm selling. I have to believe in it. I, I'm not a salesperson by, by trade. Like this is not necessarily what I went to school for. It's not where I really saw myself, to be honest. I did not see myself in sales. So in order for me to sell something, I have to have the passion behind it and I have to believe in the product. Otherwise, I would be terrible at this job. So so yeah, I think that I think you have to understand that when you are making that that changeover, there will be a lot more focus on business and sales and growth and and you know sales metrics and and yeah, trade shows and travel. I mean, I travel a lot. I, you know, yeah. the beginning of the year is always more hectic for me than the end, but but yeah, sometimes some companies say you're going to be traveling 50% of the time. So it's like, you know, do you want to be away from home two weeks out of the month, which thank God I am not gone that often. But, but yeah, I think, I think doing as much research as you can into the company and then asking the pointed questions when you're in the interview process and say like, what does this job entail? What, uh, what will I be doing on a day-to-day basis? What's my responsibility? How much am I traveling? Like really get those questions out there so that you know exactly what you're getting into because it is a pretty big switch over from treatment room into mm-hmm. uh, more corporate. So yeah, it's just it's just so different. Yeah, but maybe if you are somebody who's excited by travel, somebody who gets like excited and incentivized by numbers and growing those, mm-hmm. maybe it kind of hits home for you. And so that could be a totally different career path and maybe something you see yourself doing in more of a, a corporate role, which I think is so cool. You made that transition, Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, for me, I love numbers and I love seeing like a tangible growth and you know, that type of thing. So, it, so yeah, it worked well for me and it, it's, it's very structured. I'm, I'm a routine person. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's, there's tons of positives to it. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely something for people to look into if, if they see themselves kind of growing out of the treatment room a little bit. And would you say like the, the major potential downsides for somebody, like, would you say it's high stress? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the major downsides I would see is that it is, um, it is higher stress. It is, uh, more traveling and there's more pressure, you know, because yeah. you, you know, you often have goals that you have to meet and not to say that these are bad things. You just have to, uh, reposition yourself a little bit and, um, you know, work within those guidelines and those boundaries and, and not get down on yourself. I think that's the hardest thing is, you know, if I have a bad month or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not doing so great this month or whatever it is, you have to just realize that also, even as a salesperson, you're not going to be able to sell to every single person. It's not, it's just not realistic. And nor do you want to, because my personal philosophy in my job is to, I want to sell to people who want to buy, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. I yeah. don't want 
force it on anybody because I don't like when people try to force things on me. So I kind of, you know, that age old saying of, you know, do unto others how you want them to do unto you. And so, you know, you have to find your own vibe and your own personality. And that's another thing about being choosy about the company that you work for is some companies are really, really, really high pressure sales. And some companies are not quite as high pressure. So just, just feeling it out. I mean, major downsides, it just depends on, I guess, what your priorities are. Yeah. Would you, how do companies, I'm so out of this world as you can tell, but how do companies, um, not punish, but like, if you don't meet your goals, what happens? Do you just not receive like the commission? Is it like, so, so it's, it's different by, it really varies between companies. So some companies will have like individual sales goals. Some will have group goals. So your whole team has a goal. Um, some, some are commission based only. So if you don't sell, you don't make money. Mm -hmm. Um, some are salary plus commission. If you make your goal, you get a bonus, but if you don't make the goal, you don't get a bonus. So it's, it's different Mm -hmm. between companies, but I think there is a big aspect on training. So if somebody is, um, falling a little behind or they're not, you know, showing the numbers that you, that they would have expected. Um, there is a big, a big focus on training, but then also timing. I mean, time of the year makes a big difference. There's certain months that are better than others. Um, and then also looking at their, their geographic area that they manage, there's a difference between obviously LA versus, you know, somewhere in the Midwest, Wisconsin or wherever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So there's, there's differences there. So it's really so individual, but I think there's a big aspect on training and there's not quite punishment so much, at least not that I have experienced. It's more so incentivizing good work mm-hmm. as opposed to punishing bad work. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's jump into the role of sales manager, manager or a salesperson. Mm-hmm. So, Salons, spas, and department stores, boutiques, and specialty businesses employ estheticians as salespersons and sales managers. So it could even just be the person, you know, at the front, at the front desk. So estheticians who fill these slots often work their way up to top management positions and ownership. Your duties would include keeping records of sales and stock, demonstrating products, selling to clients, and cashiering. Okay. I'm trying to think of kind of like what I know about this role. I mean, every spa is different. And at my spa, it's like we all as estheticians kind of play a role in demonstrating and explaining how the products work, like curating products to somebody's routine. But we definitely have like a front desk manager at the spa. Mm -hmm. And she was actually a former hairstylist, but she found she really loved like working with people and she's very organized. Like she enjoys that, that kind of role, um, where she's in charge of organization for the spa. And I know a lot of you have reached out and asked, like, should I apply for a front desk position while I'm in school or even before I start school to support myself and just learn more about the environment? And I think that's 
such an incredible idea. And I believe it was Shani Darden, who is now a celebrity esthetician. She started out in that role. And I feel like it would just give you a great foundation for seeing how a spa works, understanding the type of client interaction that goes on, and just like how kind of you're kind of the face for the spa as soon as people walk in, you're greeting people, you're making them comfortable, you have a relationship with estheticians, you know maybe like who would be a good fit for which certain type of client. So it's definitely like a people interfacing role, but I think um, it could be like either a great starting point or maybe down the line you find you kind of like working with people in that aspect um, after you get your license. Yeah, I see this also um, in department stores. So like say for instance, Clinique or your Bobby Brown, whoever you can work in that setting, um, you know, behind the counter and uh, be, be a salesperson in that way. And that also allows you the opportunity to move up within that company and grow um, outside of the counter. So you could, you know, be promoted. So you're not so customer facing if you are really into like the sales and the business portion of it. I see that a lot because I work with a few girls actually who mm-hmm. were um, counter managers at Nordstrom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. There's, there's quite a few different ways I think that you can go with this, but I think like you said, Tess, um, getting a job in a spa either before or while you're in school, that's such a great idea. I should have done that. <laughs> I know. And even because I kind of just got immersed into it right away, right outside of school after being in a totally different career, I was in entertainment. So this whole spa world was so different. And I've learned so much even from just watching our front desk manager and seeing how she interacts with people. So I think, yeah, the more you can immerse yourself in the world, the better. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's get into cosmetics buyers. This is a cool one. Mm-hmm. So a cosmetics buyer in department stores, salons, or specialty businesses must keep up with the latest products and be able to recognize and anticipate trends in skincare. Buyers travel frequently, visiting markets, trade shows, and manufacturers' showrooms. As a buyer, you must estimate the amount of stock your operation will need over a particular period, and you must keep records of purchases and sales. That sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, you've, <laughs> you've had a past job, Lauren, right? That was like somewhat applicable to this, right? Buying for spas. From the brand side? I didn't really, honestly. Um, Most of my experience has been um, on the opposite side of that is selling to buyers. And then also, um, (laughs) yeah, so I've been on the opposite side about that. But I think being that person that gets to make the decision would be so cool. And these are basically all the people that I meet when I, when I go to trade shows and, and work and meet these people. It's like, there's, it sounds cool, but I can also see that it could be super overwhelming because there are so many brands and there's so many things that it's like, you know, deciphering between all of them and trying to figure out what would be the best overall, but also the best for your location is, it's so interesting. And you also have to understand that when it comes to sales people, you know, sales jobs and people that are selling to you, they're going to, of course, highlight all the best parts about it. So it's also yeah. about you know, on your plate to, to do the digging and ask the tough questions to really see what would be best for 
your um, your location, your spa, your estheticians, whatever it might be. So mm-hmm. this could also be, um, and I don't know if this is going to come up later, but this also is is a part of being like a spa director and a spa manager because they right. do also, you know, make decisions on how to what to buy, what to what to try to sell to your customers. Right. Or even like there's so many online brands now that now have like skincare as mm-hmm. a piece of their their website. But it's so cool to think about like trends coming about, like how even oils have become, you know, more of a trend. Like it all starts with the buyer and you kind of like seeing how there's a need for it and how um, it would be appealing to people. So I've always thought being a buyer, whether it was in fashion or beauty would just be so cool. Yeah, totally. All right. Okay. The next opportunity is aesthetics writer or beauty editor. If you have a talent and training in journalism, you may wish to pursue a career as an aesthetics writer or editor for a magazine or newspaper. Journalists in this field write feature articles, daily or weekly columns, and question and answer columns. Some also review new products, medical breakthroughs, and salon techniques. Writers produce educational books and brochures for the aesthetics and cosmetology market, do fashion coordination and commentary, and make media appearances. Hmm, That sounds cool. Yeah, this does sound cool. And I feel like it's – this book, again, is – a few years old. I feel like things are evolving so much with the internet. Now we do see estheticians like being their own spokespeople like Renee Rouleau or Shani Darden or Nerida Joy. These people are recognized as experts and they may go on TV or have features in magazines like New Beauty. I even have some past aesthetics teachers who've who write for magazines or blogs because they're kind of, you know, already established as Mm -hmm. experts within the skincare field. And I feel like just having your license gives you that added credibility. So there's obviously beauty editors who don't have the background in skincare training, but I feel like, you know, as YouTube and Instagram, it's all getting so saturated. I feel like the people with licenses um, are kind of able to set themselves apart and just give their audience like a little bit of extra assurance that, you know, they know what they're doing. Like, or people even within nutrition or fitness, when people have an actual degree or a license, I feel like it just like kind of helps them to stand out. But I think estheticians are becoming beauty editors in their own right. Yeah, totally. Well, especially with with the growth of Instagram and YouTube, it's like, you know, you can be your own beauty editor and writer just within your own brand. And, you know, you can also do it for other people's brands, but you just have that opportunity. I feel like it's almost like an add on to your business. Yeah. And this is not to talk about myself, but this is something like coming from a beauty background and then becoming an esthetician. Like I never saw how the world would like totally fit together, but now I do have opportunities at Derma Plus to write um, like little posts for Instagram and I am compensated like per post. So those are just like 
if you enjoy writing and you are an esthetician, maybe you can find a company or a blog or even within your own spa, like ways to write for them. And that's really fun for me. That's so awesome. I would love to do that. You'd be really good at that. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We will get into travel industry next. So this involves um, cruise ships, airlines, and airport organizations who employ estheticians to work and manage aesthetic departments. So airports today have licensed massage therapists as well as estheticians and manicurists to serve the traveling public. In addition, private companies may employ estheticians to travel along to meet the needs of special clients with aesthetic services. Cruise ship companies have mirrored the practices of land-based spa owners to keep up with the demand for aesthetic services on board. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, my mind just goes to, like, being a celebrity's, like, personal facialist and just, like, traveling on their jet. I'm sure those jobs exist, so why not you? I feel like like this is interesting for somebody who's young and doesn't have any ties yet. So I follow follow this girl on Instagram – Carly Ann Dell is her name. She's like a fitness nutrition influencer. She is seriously the sweetest person ever. Really cool. You guys should go check her out. But she and her husband used to work for Club Med and Mm. they would travel around, you know, to the different Club Med locations. And so that's where they met. And they kept, um, I don't know her full story. I'm sure it's on her, on her Instagram or she also has a podcast, but, um, but yeah, so that's how they met and they had like the best time together traveling when they first met and it just sounds like so magical and they oh ended up God, getting married at Club Med and <gasps> yeah, what? it's so cute. I'm like, that sounds like fun. That sounds like your like dream situation because right? you love to travel. Oh my so gosh. Cool. Only if Chloe could come. Only if Chloe's included. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I remember in school, like a lot of people getting excited when we talked about this one. Like if you're somebody who really loves to travel, like this would not be for me at all. This sounds, this like just reading about this like strikes fear in my heart because I'm such a, <laughs> a homebody and like I cannot be away from home like more than a week out of like a weekend out of the month like so this wouldn't be for me but maybe we're going through some of these and you're like that sounds horrible like yeah I would hate the stress of having of having to reach certain numbers like I just want to be in a relaxing quiet spa like I would love to travel I just want to see the world like this could be for you if you Mm want to have the opportunity to just yeah travel for free and get paid while you do it you could work on a cruise ship that would be awesome. I think definitely keep these all in mind, you guys, because it's not just like a one size fits all with this license. No, not at all. There's so many different elements that you could be taking notes on um, that might add up to the perfect career for you. And I, maybe I'll just highlight like within this within this realm of like working for somewhere where your clients are constantly pretty transient and um you're probably going to see like new faces, I would say, for most of your appointments, unless somebody's like a regular on the cruise ship. Um, so maybe you have to like be somewhat okay with that. I was thinking about this even when I was in Las Vegas over the holiday. I went to get a facial at um, one of the spas in Vegas, and I was just thinking about how that esthetician's day 
was so different from mine because being in like a destination city where people are, you know, like going for travel, going for fun, um, you would probably have to really enjoy like the, just the art of giving facials and people are probably going more so to relax and like have that, you know, spa experience. Whereas during my day, I'd say like four out of five appointments, I'm really working one-on-one with people, really talking with them. And a lot of times they're coming to me like very willing to get on a customized skincare program. They really want to see changes and they want somebody to, you know, work with them and tell them what to do, what not to do. And I really love that like social element of it. And I know like Lauren, you've said you enjoy this, but you're a little different. You like a pretty quiet like treatment room. Um, so it, it really, there could just be a different environment for everyone. Like I love watching like my clients work toward a goal, maybe like getting married or you, you are able to like watch your regular clients go through the highs and lows of life, like breakups, new jobs, new baby moves like so many different things so for me that's what's like really rewarding but I think it's important to kind of like keep in mind the kind of relationships and kind of like what your day-to-day would be like and I've mentioned before like going out on informational interviews as kind of like the best way to get a sense of each potential spa you'd be working at because even within like all of these sectors every spa can be so different. So take into account like the type of spa it is, um, the city it's located in, all those things. So you can just get a better sense of what your actual um, day-to-day would be like. So you can figure out if it would make you happy. Yeah. I think there's just, just so many options that, that you can explore. And I think you should explore. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say like, it's probably going to be a little bit of trial and error. My first job out of SD school was, you know, like what, what it should have been for a a first job. Um, It involved a lot of mostly retail, like some spa treatments. And it was kind of just like an introduction, but maybe you find somewhere that you fit in a little bit better down the line. So yeah, you can try one of these. If it doesn't click, there are many more on the list. And I will keep going because there are so many more and we will, I'll be a little bit more brief. Okay. So (laughs) educator, if you want to teach aesthetics in public, vocational, industrial, or technical high school, you must meet the same requirements as other teachers of career preparation courses. You must be trained in curriculum and lesson planning, classroom management, and presentation techniques. If you're interested in heading a department of aesthetics or cosmetology in a public or private school, you will need supervisory skills as well as the necessary certification. Um, Yeah, so I mean, you can think of your teachers and maybe you've been in that classroom seat and thought it would be so cool to lead this class but I think like overall all estheticians eventually become educators on some level and it's it's something like Lauren and I love to do and maybe you use a podcast or an Instagram or a YouTube channel to help educate the public I think there's so many um, ways you can take on the role of an educator yeah 
side note on this too is it doesn't necessarily always have to be in like a class setting. You can yeah. also be an educator for uh, a brand, which is kind of where my career is moving right now. Um, you can be an educator because a lot of a lot of brands want estheticians because you have to train you know, estheticians who are using your product on how to use it properly because they don't know until you tell them. So that's another way you could do it too, is, mm. is be an educator for a brand and train on products. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you're not like affecting that change per, per client, like as a traditional esthetician would, like if you really believe in the brand that you work for or the product's you're selling and you know from like a chemistry perspective or just have that ingredient knowledge to understand how it affects change. Like you are still, um, you know, working as on some level to bring people healthier skin. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. The next one is skincare company owner. So for the ambitious entrepreneurial esthetician, or skin specialist, the possibilities are endless for building a skincare business. Being the owner of a company will involve a strong business acumen, which may involve de- developing skincare products and technologies, teaching and training, research and development, sales and marketing, human resources and team building, accounting and processing, and traveling the world while building your business. Often these individuals become leaders in the skincare industry and set the standards for years to come. Yeah, this is like, this is one I think you have to have a really, really, really strong entrepreneurial spirit for. When I read this, I mean, this is Andrea, my boss who owns Dermaplus, but gosh, it takes it takes skills in, um, so many departments, like, like it says, and she is like an esthetician first and foremost. Um, so she has that passion for working with people. And she says, that's like where her heart is happiest in the treatment room. She loves that, but then she also has to manage payroll and, you know, getting insurance for the business and all these, um, little details. So I think it really takes a special person and she actually like never sought out to be a skincare company owner. She was an esthetician out of high school and, you know, worked really hard and was just really dedicated to her craft. And eventually the former owner asked her if she would want to take over the business because she was just, you know, so good at what she did. And I guess the previous owner like saw that potential in her, but it's definitely, I think, a career that like any of these jobs could evolve to over time, even as, you know, a a day spot or a medical esthetician, maybe one day you own the business or you open a business of your own. Yeah, exactly. I think that for, I used to work for a really small company as well that was, you know, founded, created, and still owned by um, the same people. And I find that it happens like that a lot where, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like somebody, right? and you know, sometimes it is this way, but for the most part, what I've seen is it's not somebody who has a business idea. It's somebody who has a passion yeah, um, for what yeah. they're doing. And then it evolves into a business, but they don't usually go into it of like, this is how I'm going to make millions. It's like no. you go into it because you're passionate about it. And all of these, you know, 
these things grow just from that passion. And I also think personally, I think that's the best way to do it. Because like I said, with my, you know, with the more corporate aspect, if you don't have a passion for what you're doing, if you don't have a passion for the product, then you're not going to be good at it. And you're not necessarily going to enjoy it. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to building and owning your own business. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it all starts with that passion for sure. Um, And a lot of you ask, like, should I own my own business right out of getting my license right out of school? Or should I, um, you know, go into another business and start there first? And it's so tough to answer this because I've seen a lot of my classmates succeed on their own, just like starting a business right out of school. Um, I will say not to generalize. I think a lot of times like these are people who um, like knew they wanted to own their own business and that's, that's why they went back to school and maybe they're like a little bit more evolved in their life. I think it's tough for somebody who's, you know, maybe still in their early twenties. Like, I don't want to put any limits on anyone, but I think if you have the luxury of at least for a little bit, like going to work for someone else, I think it can only improve your perspective. Not at all to put a damper on anyone who's doing that or, you know, like just knows out the gate, they can do it. I think that just is a very special person. And for me, I think it's helped to just like watch other businesses and and see what helps them succeed. Um, I think it can only help, but that's definitely something you will have to decide. Like maybe um, you just, you know, have a whole plan in your head and you want to take action and um, you just get into it straight away. So that's totally your own individual decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Product development. So Lauren and I were just talking about Renee Rallo, who we really look to and love. Can't say anything bad about her. Love her. Love her so much. Like (laughs) she's just like, I'm like, you are literally a wizard. Um, She's so cool. So just to like highlight what this type of role entails. Um, For estheticians interested in cosmetic chemistry and ingredients, working in product development for a skincare company is another career choice. Creating new products and developing new technologies is very exciting for the individual desiring to be on the cutting edge of the industry. Seeing a product or skincare device go from being a concept to the marketplace is a rewarding experience. There are classes in cosmetic chemistry to help interested estheticians offered as extension programs through universities such as, oh, Lauren's alma mater, UCLA, and other select colleges. I've always thought that would be so cool to just go back and like take cosmetic chemistry. That said, I was like, not amazing at chemistry in high school. God, I know. I, I literally just had that same thought as you were reading that. I'm like, cosmetic chemistry sounds so cool, but it was literally my worst subject. Like, so just not my, I'm so like, what is it? Left-brained where you're more creative and like, yeah. I was an English major. Um, so it's just, but it would be so cool again to like see something to the marketplace and like know you had a role in creating that um 
I actually have a friend who worked on like the product development side at Mark Jacobs Cosmetics. So maybe we could bring her on in the oh, future. That would be so interesting. Yeah, I think it would be. Um, yeah, to just like hear that perspective. So let us know, you guys, if you want to hear more about product development. Because I remember sitting in school and being like, that one would be so awesome. Um, yeah. But you never know. Okay. I have three more left. So thank you guys for like bearing with us as I read this old school textbook. But I think some of the um, points are significant and we probably would like not be bringing it up so comprehensively if we didn't have this. So, okay. The next one is mobile esthetician. So an emerging concept for estheticians and skin therapists is to serve as a mobile esthetician, willing to make house and office calls. With more individuals working from home today and office workers putting in longer hours, this is a nice option as a business venture for enterprising estheticians. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, do you follow the master esthetician on Instagram, Lauren? Yeah, I do. Love her. Love her. I, th- I feel like she's made her business more mobile and she does um house calls and whatnot yeah yeah it seems like it. i think being mobile and you know having that flexibility is really a really cool idea i do too i mean if you can like i and i have a classmate who who does this on her own now and i mean it seems like she's successful the one like downside for her is literally having to carry her equipment. Like she takes her treatment table, you know, um, to people's houses. So, um, that could be something to consider if I wonder how you would work on that with like, how would you do that with like bringing your steamer and like all of the modalities that you would use? To me, that's like enough. That sounds like enough of a headache that it would deter me from it. But But I think, yeah, maybe it just depends. It just depends. Like these are all the point of all of these is just like, maybe that doesn't bother you at all. Maybe you love to travel, you know, like different strokes for different folks. So that's certainly an option. Um, All right. The next one is state licensing inspector or examiner. So most states have laws governing cosmetology and other personal services and give examinations for cosmetology and related licenses. So I think basically thinking of what, like a state board representative, like either somebody who works at state board or goes to different spas inspecting to make sure everyone's safe and clean um, and that everyone's meeting their state rules and regulations. So, yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I, I, I wouldn't have expected that one. No, I mean, but it, it is an option. You go. If that's what you want to do, you do that. (laughs) If you want to enforce those (laughs) rules, you get out there. Mm -hmm. Somebody's got to keep us, keep us in check. I know, right? And the last one, okay, maybe I, I kind of lumped these in together, but this just says state board member. So members of state licensing organizations must be highly qualified and experienced in their professions. They conduct examinations, grant licenses, and inspect schools to see that certain physical standards 
such as those for space and equipment, are maintained. In addition, they make sure that educational materials meet certain specifications. The chairperson of the state board is usually a full-time employee, but other members may be school owners or people in related professions. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So one is more so, What what's the difference between these two? I'm not sure. <laughs> I guess one is like officially working at, at the state board. I don't know. I don't really okay, know. Okay. So I know state, state, well, okay. State licensing inspector and examiner. I'm looking at the screenshot that you sent me test. So it sounds like that's like, you're literally doing the testing and you're, you're like basically a proctor. Oh, okay. Or yeah, doing right. these spa inspections, which I don't know about you, but I was always scared of like, please don't come in and see my dirty implement on the, <laughs> the counter before <laughs> I put it up. Happens. <laughs> never happens. Um, or state board member, maybe you're more behind the scenes and like, yeah. you know, going through uh, license applications and that type of thing. More like, yeah, paperwork. totally. And somebody has to like look at the textbooks and make sure they are, you know, right like getting people um, to to be equipped and that they know what they should know for their state. Interesting. Um, there's so many little like Gosh. things you just would never think of, but it's all part of the whole like skincare world. Like, and I'm sure there's things not mentioned, like for example, like somebody who hosts a skincare convention, like, you know, there's so yeah. many different elements. Um, yeah. So and this is, yeah, I mean, there's also just like going back to the corporate world, there's just also so many options within brands themselves because right. there's, you know, brands need accountants, they need, um, right. you know, logistical people, they need supply chain people, they need warehouse people. So it's like there's, there's so many different options if you want to stay in the skincare industry but don't necessarily want to do what you're currently doing. Or if you have a, de a degree in something – but you want to stay in the skincare industry. I don't know. I just think there's, there's just so many options. Just don't ever feel limited. I think is the main point that we're trying to make in this podcast is just like this world, this industry, it's your oyster. You do whatever you got to do with it. Yeah, exactly. And I know sometimes people will DM and say, you know, their parents may not like approve of the career because maybe they think of it as this old-fashioned um, fit-in-the-mold kind of thing. And yeah, this is just to show that there's so many routes you can take. Like if you know skincare is what lights you up, what gets you excited, it's what you want to talk about all day, like maybe mm -hmm. you can find a role um, where you can do that. And it, 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 I don't think the stereotypes like have to be true as far as it not being like a decent paying role, something that's unstable, like you can find what makes you feel most comfortable within the whole industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you guys cool. all have a bright future ahead of you. I hope mm -hmm. this episode just gave you more information and helped you out. So I hope you guys liked it. Let us know. We would love if you left us a review and told us what you like about the treatment room or even what you hope we can bring to you in the future. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for always listening to us and always sending us <laughs> such, such sweet messages because we do hear from you guys. We, of course, read and respond to everybody. So thank you so much. Yeah, we get so excited and yeah. we tell each other and it, it definitely makes our days. So thank you guys so much. Wishing you a very happy 2020 Yay. and so much success ahead for everyone 
All right. We will talk to you in the next one. All right. See you guys. Bye.